everyone and welcome to Chill Pill. My name is Emma Ives and I am the creator slash host of this fabulous podcast. I created this podcast since I love all things medicine. I love reading about it. I love talking about it. And my roommates were getting kind of sick and tired of hearing about it. I'm not a medical professional, so I'll never give any advice on the medical stuff. Please seek out your primary care physician for advice. I will link all my sources in the description as well as mention them throughout the podcast. We're really going to have to change that intro. Many things have happened since then. For starters, I no longer have roommates, just the one, and I think she's cool about talking about the science medical stuff with me. After the senior slump, I decided to take the summer off, get re-inspired, and ready to, drumroll please, move to the beautiful state of North Carolina. As I've mentioned, I've been accepted as a PharmD candidate at the Eshelman School of Pharmacy here at UNC Chapel Hill. Honestly, I still can't even believe this is happening. Now, we're currently at the end of the bridging course, aka reviewing all of the OCHEM, Biochem, Physiology, and Math. I definitely forgot immediately after taking my last OCHEM class two years ago. I've spent a majority of that time in isolation as I contracted COVID. Also, this is your mid-podcast reminder to please wear your mask in small spaces, even if you're vaccinated. You can still get COVID. And when I'm not trying to understand the logarithmic curves of enzymes, Penny and I have had a lot of time to think. You see, Penny and I are now on speaking terms. The first time we met, way back in the 2000s, we did not get along at first. I asked for help because I was sick, and instead of helping me, she gave me hives. However, apparently it was all just a huge misunderstanding because now I can take penicillin in a controlled lab environment with lots of supervision and I don't break out in hives or run a fever. So if you haven't guessed this by now, this podcast is going to be about allergy testing and allergies in general because they're really neat and also I no longer have one. So I honestly thought it was going to be a pretty easy test. Go in, get pricked with a needle, and woohoo, you're still allergic to penicillin. But that was not the case. How can you be allergic when you're younger and then not when you're older? Or how are you allergic to things when you're older that you weren't when you were a kid? Also, how do you get allergies in the first place? Allergies are the body's reaction to a substance it deems harmful, but actually isn't. The immune system produces antibodies, which are substances that recognize invaders that could potentially harm your body. For example, there are antibodies that recognize viruses like COVID-19 or the flu. When an allergen enters a person's body, the antibodies identify it as a harmful thing, triggering inflammation in the skin, sinuses, airways, or digestive system due to release of histamines. These symptoms can range from mild to severe depending on the person. So, how did I stop being allergic to penicillin? Well, I can tell you this, I wasn't cured. Allergies do not have a cure. People do tend to age out of allergies, but for others, they are lifelong. However, there are therapies to lessen the allergic responses of a person's immune system to allergens. Immunotherapy is a popular way of controlling allergies. It is offered as shots, oral pills, or tablets that go under the tongue. Allergy shots are typically used for pollen, dust, pet dander, and stinging insects. SLIT, or sublingual immunotherapy, is used for pollen and dust. Oral immunotherapy, or OIT, is currently only used for peanut allergies. Palforzia, which is a peanut allergen powder, is the only OIT 
approved by the Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA. It's been found to produce severe allergic reactions occurring from accidental peanut exposure in children ages 4 to 17. However, there are a few stipulations with this form of treatment. First, the beginnings of the three-phase treatment regimen must be done in the presence of a medical professional and at a site equipped to monitor for anaphylaxis. It can also only be available through healthcare sites with providers who are educated on anaphylactic shock and what to do. But seriously, Emma, how did it go away? Well, no one really knows, to be honest. With an allergy like penicillin, of the 10% of population who report being allergic, it is estimated that 90% may not be truly allergic, as sensitivity can fade 10 years after their last allergic reaction. The only way to know if sensitivity to penicillin has faded is to get a skin test done, as penicillin is not something we come in contact with every day. However, not a lot of people get referred by their physician. According to a study done in Rochester, New York at the Rochester Regional Health Center, of the 276 non-allergist medical professionals, which they defined as physicians, PAs, nurses, and pharmacists, of these medical professionals who were asked about sensitivity to penicillin, only 58% knew penicillin allergies could fade. By the way, this number drops to 55% when you exclude pharmacists, whom 78% knew the correct answer. Of the general practitioners in this study, 80% said they sent zero or one person for allergy testing regarding their penicillin allergy. So it appears there is some confusion surrounding allergies among non-allergist medical professionals, as well as the general public. Food allergies are a little different. Studies show that 85% of children outgrow allergies to milk, eggs, wheat, and soy that they had in childhood, but only 15-20% to can eventually tolerate peanuts, tree nuts, shellfish, and fish once they are an adult. How can we tell? Well, another allergy test is in order. This can be either a skin test or a blood test. If the results show that you possibly have outgrown an allergy, the allergist can start something called a food challenge. This is when a patient goes to the clinic and tries a small piece of food they're allergic to under supervision, say peanuts, for example. If there is no allergic reaction, they eat more and more of it until they reach an entire serving without reactions. This was similar to the penicillin challenge I had where I drank almost two tablespoons of bubblegum-flavored penicillin over the course of an hour and a half to see if I had an allergic reaction. Spoiler alert, I didn't. However, you cannot control if and when you outgrow food allergies. Some new parents wish to prevent the development of allergies in their children. For a long time, the advice given by physicians was to avoid allergenic foods until children reached certain ages. The logic behind this was to wait until their immune system fully developed. However, a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine saw early introduction of peanuts in children who were high risk for developing a peanut allergy decrease the frequency of developing said peanut allergy. They defined high-risk children as children who had parents or siblings with a peanut allergy. This study demonstrated that our bodies need exposure to allergens to develop tolerances toward them. According to the guidelines set by the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, parents can gradually introduce allergen foods, meaning eggs, dairy, peanuts, tree nuts, fish, and shellfish, during the four to six month window where single ingredient infant foods are being introduced. Delaying these foods may increase the likelihood of developing an allergy. Pharmacists can play a role in managing a patient's allergies in addition to allergists. There are many treatment options both over the counter and by prescription for managing allergy symptoms. 
Pharmacists are most important in getting patients whose allergies can be managed with OTC medications on the correct medication that works for them. For patients where OTC meds do not work, the pharmacist will assist in the traditional sense of filling and counseling on prescriptions such as inhalers or oral steroids. There are some patients who need more specialized medications to control their allergies. Specialty pharmacists will help patients with less commonly used treatment options, such as immunotherapy injections, sublingual immunotherapy products, or biological medications. These can be costly to patients, and a specialty pharmacist can help patients navigate costs with insurance and rebates while still providing care. Pharmacists can also tell patients whether an OTC medication or a prescription will interfere with the medication they're already taking. Drug interactions can affect patient well-being, and patients should not have to choose between managing their allergies and another underlying condition. Pharmacists also know about ingredients contained in medications and can screen them for common allergens. My sister, for example, has celiac disease, meaning she cannot have wheat byproducts. We now have to call the pharmacy and ask if any of the ingredients in her medications have been processed in a facility with wheat or contain wheat byproducts. Pharmacists can even be embedded in allergy clinics to provide medication counseling, discuss patient histories with their different allergies and past treatment methods, and refer patients to specific specialists. Allergies suck. Though I'm no longer allergic to penicillin, I still have seasonal allergies, which seem to be worse due to the Carolina weather. Going through the process of getting allergy testing was a little daunting. I, for one, do not like getting stuck with needles, and I had to be poked several times over the course of a few hours. However, it was definitely worth it. Penicillin is an important antibiotic when it comes to fighting bacterial infections. Ruling it out as a potential treatment could limit my options if I ever get a really bad bacterial infection. And as much as allergies suck, it looks like we're stuck with them until someone figures out a cure for common allergens or how to prevent allergies in the first place. I do hope to get back to podcasting regularly, especially being at the Eshelman School of Pharmacy. You guys have no idea how many cool people are on the faculty here, as well as all the amazing science being done. As much as I miss Brutus and the Oval and the faculty at Ohio State, being in the center of it all is exciting. Also, shout out to the ESOP class of 2025. You guys are some of the coolest people I've ever met, and I can't wait to meet more of you and learn how you plan to make your mark in the field of pharmacy. I hope to collaborate with all of you in the future at least once in some way, shape, or form. I am not a medical professional, so please consult your primary care physician for advice if you were intrigued by anything you heard today. I do all my own research and my sources are linked in the description, so please give all those scientists your love. The intro music was done by Cooper Wood and the artwork was done by me, you can follow me on Twitter at CP underscore capital with Emma Ives and Instagram at at chill pill with Emma Ives. Thanks for listening to Chill Pill. And remember, be kind and wear a mask. Bye.